Let's start today's show with an email, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com or cbsinteractive.com. It's an email from Joe. This is kind of weird. My league is having a heated debate on how one matchup ended because the deciding factor was Chris Davis pitching. A member lost by a win and a strikeout. Without Davis's win and two strikeouts, he would have ended up winning. Should <laughs> Davis's stats count? What do you think? I, w- I wish they counted because uh, <laughs> I picked him up last week in a couple of leagues. Um, do, do hitting stats count for pitchers? No. Should hitting stats count for pitchers? No. In the long run, do you really want hitting stats to count for pitchers or pitcher stats to count for hitters? No, you don't, because it's usually not going to be pretty. I'm sure the guy who started Darnell McDonald in some deeper AL-only league would be uh, would be hating if that yeah. was a rule in fantasy right now. <laughs> this can't. This cannot be counted. No. If we're settling this debate on this show, I'm for getting rid of Chris Davis's pitching stats. Scott appears to be for getting rid of Chris Davis's pitching stats. And Al? I was just being selfish. I agree with both of you. Yeah, um, come on, we yeah. can't. You can't do that. It's just. It's crazy that they would even count. It's cr- uh, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> it's kind of a funny, uh, funny email there. So yeah, send us an email: fantasybaseball at cbsi.com or fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. It's a few more letters, but whatever. Not that big of a deal. Coming up today, I've got an interesting theory on Edinson Volquez and why his stats may be too good to be true. You guys can tell me if I'm crazy or not. We'll talk about Jose Reyes's base stealing troubles. Is Jeff Samarja legit? Most added and most dropped. We've got Will Middlebrooks. Uh, and a lot more. He homered twice yesterday. But first, the stat of the day, number one per ESPN.com. Kenley Jansen's career ERA in the ninth inning is 5.59. In the eighth, it's .70. <laughs> what do you make of that? You know, I, I mean, you could probably unearth those kinds of stats for lots of, uh, lots of guys. And one guy that pops into my head, I don't know what his splits are, but Ryan Madsen was a guy who was a, a set-up man who occasionally got chances to close and, and failed. And people said he doesn't have closing mentality, but once he was given a more extended shot at the job, Madsen was just fine. So I, I need Jansen to prove to me he can't be a closer uh, over more than just you know a month here and a month there. Yeah, sure. No, I I agree with that. I mean, Jansen, his he he has the potential to be another Craig Kimbrell with the strikeout rate, but uh, but there is I, I think there is something to the closer mentality. Uh, uh, Madsen's an example of a guy who overcame it, but there's countless examples of guys who couldn't. Like Latroy Hawkins comes to mind right away. Um, there's probably a few others, but he's he's my go-to example of that. Stat of the day, number two. Despite being in first place, the Indians have the lowest average attendance in the majors. Just taking this time to yell at Indians fans, get out there and support your team. And now we start with three up, three down. Rafael Fercal is three up, number one. The shortstop went three four five. He's batting three forty two, with two home runs, 15 RBIs, which is pretty good, and six steals. He's owned in 90% of leagues. Al... Rafael for call. Rafael for call. He is good when he is healthy. He is not often healthy, but uh, when he's going <laughs> like this, he's a guy. I mean, those ownership and activation rates are are good and could probably stand to be even just a, a tad higher. Yeah. Would you sell high? Uh, would I sell high? Uh, I could see that. I, I mean, I'm I'm not usually one who gets caught up in the buy low, sell high game. Uh, because I guess I I just feel like the people I'd be trading with would know that's exactly what I'm doing, and I couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I I think for call is going to get hurt at some point. Like Al says, he he doesn't stay healthy. But it, 
at this point, I, I I definitely feel like I undersold him at the beginning of the season. I feel like maybe last year the reason why his numbers were so down is just because he never was really healthy. Um, clearly, after about six weeks of this, you can trust him in the in the now. For call or Scudero? For call by a lot. Yeah. For call or Jeter? Jeter. <laughs> I'll, I'll say for call. Um, I think I think at the end Jeter will have more production, but on a per game basis, I like for call better. For call or Jimmy Rollins? That's that's an interesting one because Rollins is old, like for call, and is off to a terrible start. Yes, he is. He's actually unowned in one of my leagues, very very shallow league, um, and I haven't bothered to pick him up when I can't I can't see for call going unowned. So I guess. I guess I might lean slightly toward for call now. Interesting. All right, three up number two, Red Sox rookie third baseman Will Middlebrooks. He homered twice. He drove in five runs. He is comfortably sitting on my bench in our Roto League. Uh, who knew he would erupt like this? Three home runs, nine RBIs, and a three eighty one batting average for Middlebrooks. We know about Euclid. He's on the DL right now, but what do you make of this situation, Al? Uh, it's a tough one because uh, I, I knew that Middlebrooks could – be a good hitter if given a chance, but I didn't think he did get off to this kind of a start. And uh, but I don't see the Red Sox. I mean, they don't really have anywhere to put Euclid when he comes back. So I, I got to think it's maybe maybe a reserve role, but probably back to AAA for Middlebrooks. Do we have any timetable on Euclid? No, and that's the thing. I mean, a a back it could it could go on for another month for all we know. Um. It's going to be hard, I think. I don't know if they would aggressively try to trade Euclid if Middlebrooks keeps this up, you know, once Middle, once uh, Euclid comes back. If Bobby Valentine would play mad scientist, knowing that Adrian Gonzalez got a game in the outfield last year and Euclid got a few games in left field early in his career, uh, that seems unlikely. But it, it, it seems... It would be hard to believe if Fendelbrooks kept this up that they could just send him down when clearly they need some help on, well, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the Red Sox, it wasn't just Middlebrooks yesterday. I mean, they, they erupted. Uh, Tigers outfielder Andy Dirks is three up number three. He has six hits in his last three games. He's only owned in 4% of leagues. He was moved up to second in the order with Brennan Bosch moving down to eighth in the order. Jim Leland wants a little bit more batting average at the top. So any value here in Andy Dirk, Scott? Could he uh, could he work his way in there and and become uh, get get more at bats? That's the issue. I don't I don't ever see him being a full time player uh, when they they mess around by putting you know, they have Delman Young who can shift into the outfield and they have Ryan Rayburn who can shift in the outfield when they want better defense at second base with Ramon Santiago and and that's gone on for Jim Leland's entire tenure in Detroit. So I don't know that Rayburn's ever going to get enough at bats for mixed. Uh, Dirks, sorry, Dirks. yeah, Dirks ever get enough at bats for mixed league use? AL only, sure, but otherwise, no. Yeah, I think I have him on every AL only team I have this year, um, and I think he's got a little bit more value than that deep, deep mixed league. So to me, that is four percent ownership. Yeah, uh, that to me seems way too low. But uh, Scott's right. I mean, he's he's never going to be somebody you can trust in the standard mixed league. Three down, three players trending down. Corey Hart is cold. He had two fantasy points last week. Last time he homered was April 25th. He had he was batting 305 at that point, having a really good year. 
It just goes to show you what one week or ten games in this case can do. 247 now he's hitting. He hasn't homered in ten games. Uh, anybody concerned about Corey Hart? I think you hit the nail on the head there. Just any cold streak this early in the season is going to wreck somebody's batting average. And Hart um, can be can be kind of streaky. He's not one of the extreme streaky players. At least that's not how I perceive him. But uh, I, I his value hasn't changed to me at all. Alex Avila is the number 13 catcher in fantasy. He's hitting 250, four home runs, which is a good pace, nine RBIs. But he's down since uh, off last year. It's early. But is anybody worried about Alex Avila? Was last year a fluke, Al? You know, maybe just a tiny bit. I, I, I shouldn't even say that at all because I don't, I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I mean, I drafted him as one of the top four or five catchers. I would do it again. You want to rewind? Get uh, rid of that? No. Uh, Al, was last year a fluke? <laughs> Uh, not at all, Adam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. It's out. Of, it's no, what, what I what, what I meant, the record. What I meant was that the, the two ninety five batting average that they had last year, he made that that make might be a career high for him. But the power's legit. The the run production is legit. He's a little bit shy on doubles so far. He'll correct that. Avila will be fine. Okay. Jose Reyes three down number three. He's not having a very good year right now, but he is stealing just 66% of bases on his attempts. That's by far the worst rate of his career. I know it's early, but eight steals, he's caught four times. Last season, he was caught seven times, and he stole 39 bases. He's no spring chicken right now. Who's worried about Jose Reyes? I'm not really worried about him losing steal attempts. Uh I mean, in the long term, this could be an indication that he's starting to slow down. And, and at his age, that, that wouldn't really surprise me. Um, but just looking at this year, he's still, gonna, he's still one of the top three, four shortstops in fantasy. And, and as you long mean, as he stays healthy. You mean he has been or he, you still consider him? I still consider right. him. Because he hasn't been. No, he hasn't been. His, he uh, got off to a slow start with the batting average. has been doing a little better lately. Uh, health is still the main concern for him, uh, with him for me. <laughs> uh, okay, so you pretty much would still draft him if we started today. If we started to, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't one of the ones drafting him in the second round anyway because I don't like to draft somebody so risky health wise. Then, but uh, I, I, I don't think I'd rank him any differently. All right, let's do the rotation. Five pitchers who caught our eye yesterday. There were a lot. In fact, I didn't even put Carlos Zambrano in here, but he'll be. We'll get him later in the more from around baseball section. All right, Edinson Volquez. Here's why I think his numbers are too good to be true. Uh, well, first of all, you know he walked four last night, and he does that from time to time. But he uh, he's only owning seventy one percent of leagues. He's had a really nice year. He got a win yesterday. He's only started one game on the road. It's unbelievable. He's had seven starts, and six of them have been at home. And his one road start was his worst outing. Was that the Dodgers on April 15th? Five innings, four earned runs, five walks, two strikeouts. And I just keep seeing it. I'm like, man, it seems like he's at home all the time. <laughs> and he is. So if you, got, if you look at his numbers, he looks pretty good right now. I think his ERA is under three. But... Um, Probably not going to last, in my opinion. What do you think, Al? I, I agree with that completely, and it's going to be interesting to see his next start because that's at Philadelphia. So, you know, that's we'll see how he does. I'm I'm very skeptical. In fact, what I wrote in Shuffling the Rotations this week is if you're really desperate to get a two-start guy, Volquez isn't back because I think he's going to be so good in this first start, and he did have a good start, that 
it, it minimizes the risk of the second start, but it's it's definitely a risk, and I would not be at all surprised to see Volquez blow up in his in that next start against the Phillies. Plus, you mentioned the walks; they're yeah. still way too high. Um, I don't think he's going to get away with that all year. Maybe in Petco. <laughs> I, I I want to trust it. if he made every start in Petco. I still want to trust him. Really? In in in, a, in like a twelve team league, you know, twenty one man roster. No, I'd probably leave him out there. Would you rather have him or Ted Lilly? And Ted, Ted Lilly, Lilly. Ted, Ted Lilly. Lilly is partying <laughs> like it's 1999 because <laughs> this is the first time he's won his first four decisions since 1999. And Scott, you'd rather have Lilly than Volquez. Easily, yeah. You guys buying this? 4-0 with a 1-4-1 ERA. Uh, no, I'm not buying that, but uh, I am buying him as a guy that I could start most weeks. Uh, which is probably something I wouldn't have said at the very beginning of the season because I've always been a little distrustful of Lily uh, when he's at a risk of giving up a lot of home runs. But um, he's certainly better than Edinson Volquez. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go there. Lily has faced San Diego, at Houston, Atlanta, at Colorado, and San Francisco. Uh, mostly not, you know, at Colorado stands out, but he's been mm-hmm. good in every start. But, mo- you know, mostly pretty manageable lineups. Anyway. But this is his division. Yeah, so exactly. Other than those course field starts, he's, he's going to be fine. Uh, Phil Umber has allowed 20 runs in 13 and a third since the perfect game. He was so bad yesterday, and he's owning half our leagues. Are you dropping him? Uh, yeah, I probably am because I would have been using him as a streaming option anyway. So this is enough risk. I don't really know what's going on with Umber. He's he's been a, a a weird guy so far this year, even without the the perfect game. Um, he's had a lot of strikeouts so far. He's changed his repertoire a little bit. So um, I'm not sure who Philip Umber is right now, but I know that I can find somebody else that I'd rather use next week. Umber or Buckholz? Mm, Umber. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, Buckholz has been just consistently bad. Well, I'm ready to I'm ready to cut Buckholz. I think we talked about it on yep, the show you yesterday. Said that yesterday. I I want to cut him for Umber. If if that if if there was a one man waiver wire and Umber was the guy on it, then I want to cut Buckholz. If you were the last man on <laughs> earth on the waiver wire, <laughs> oh Al, you missed um. Remember your your Prince Fielder moment last week? I do. I had I had that yesterday with uh, to the club. Lance Nix. <laughs> you had him with uh, which team? Washington, Cincinnati. I put him on the Nationals. And no, he's on the Phillies. So, yeah, you missed that yesterday. I think that, that one's a little more under the radar than Prince Fielder, though. I think <laughs> it's, it's coming for me next. Don't worry. Yeah, you were Nando. <laughs> we got to get you guys in on that one. Jeff Samarja, rotation spot number four. I was hoping you had watched the Braves game yesterday, Scott, but you, you didn't, unfortunately. I wanted to know what you thought of Jeff Samarja because I didn't get a chance to see it. Did you, Al, by any chance? I did not, know. All right, none of us saw it, but, man, <laughs> he, he's uh, putting up some good numbers Seven innings, seven strikeouts, one run. Well, watching him vicariously through the beat writers across uh, the internet and the newspapers <laughs> and everywhere else, I think Samarge is pretty darn good. Uh, he throws 96 deep into games. He's pitching deep into games. He doesn't have walk issues. He's striking out a uh, batter per inning. He had a couple rough starts early, but against one of those same two teams he he got rocked against he came back the next time and was great uh the braves have been hot he shut them down i i'm i'm feeling pretty good about samarja if i own him right now let's talk about what the samarja owner should do right now you you sit on him and just keep him on your roster all year or do you try to trade him for more established guy 
well, I, I could see doing that. I could see tr- uh, trading for a more established guy because as good as Samarja has been in his recent starts, I'm I'm not fully confident that he's going to to keep this up. Uh, not to say that he can't, but if I got somebody that I that I trusted more, yes, I would make that trade. Um, if I didn't find a you know a trade where I felt like I could get somebody who's equally good and more yeah. trustworthy, reliable, however you want to put it, um, to, that I'd make it a week to week thing because the way he's going right now, yeah, I'd keep him in in my rotation. But um, you know, he's probably somebody I would at least bench if I you know if he had a bad start. It's. It's pretty much. I mean, that's 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 kind of the the approach to take anytime you're dealing with an an unproven player, um, particularly a pitcher, because in in the case of a pitcher, it usually means he's starting full time for the first time, and and that means once his innings get high, if they're allowed to get high, he he might run into some problems. So so yeah, if if if, if you know somebody offered me, what's a good example like. Uh, I've got, right, how about this? We'll start high and we'll work our way down. Okay. I've got Jeff Samarja. Samarja for Lincecum. Who would you rather have? I, I would rather have Lincecum still, but there is some slight hesitation there since I have concerns about Lincecum. Samarja or Josh Johnson? Some hesitation there also, but still Johnson. For me, no hesitation. I'm going with the veteran guy in both of those situations. Samarja or Colby Lewis? Mm, that I, one's tougher. I think I'd go with the upside of Samarja. I think uh, I, I Colby Lewis isn't a strikeout guy right now, so Samarja. Samarja or Hellickson? Well, Hellickson isn't a strikeout <laughs> guy either, so I guess I got to say Samarja still. And I'll go, I'll go Hellickson there. He's not a strikeout guy. He's just an effective guy. He finds a way, uh, whether it's through uh, you know weak contact and, and pop ups or you know he he finds a way to to get it done. Here's a fun one: Samarja or Lance Lynn, who's six and zero. Oh. Lance Lynn, consistently good. Yeah, I I still worry about his job, but I think. Uh, yeah, I think you got to go, Len. Doug Fister, rotation spot number five. He shut out the Mariners coming off the DL. Over seven innings, four hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Owned in 93% of leagues and started in 72% of leagues. We should be clear, he's not going to strike guys out, right? Like, what do you guys right. expect from Doug Fister this year? What, exactly what he did in, in this game against the Mariners. Um, lots of strikes. Seven shutout innings every time out. <laughs> <laughs> when's, when's the last time Doug Fister had a bad start? It's got to happen. It was, I think it was point. when he was with the Mariners. I don't know that he had a single one no. with the Tigers last year. Oh, it's, it's got to happen. The yeah. No, it will. It will. And you're right. There won't be seven shadowings every time. But this formula of just lots of strikes, so not you know, no walks or very few walks, um, not a lot of strikeouts, lots of ground balls. Samarja um, or Fister? Fister. Hmm. Ah, the Jeff Samarja show. I I think I might uh, I might lean towards Samarja. It's this inherent distrust. That, you're buying that, him. It, it's it, yeah, I am. I yeah. definitely am. And and it's this inherent distrust of of the the pitch to contact pitchers. And Fister has gotten away with it for so long that it's harder to say that for him. But I I I I don't know. I I still can't. I'm still not buying him completely. Okay, let's run through the injuries, news, and notes here. Josh Willingham is sick. That's why he's been out. Cole Hamels was given a five-game suspension. Uh, so, does that do anything? I gotta look at their schedule. Um, I mean, it, it probably at worst just pushes them back. 
Yeah, you know, they're they're going to rearrange these their... five game suspension. I I'm know, sorry, I got to go on a rant, rant here. It's ridiculous. Okay? It's a joke. It is a joke. Give them like a seven or eight game suspension and make them really make a decision about what they want to do in the rotation. But pushing a guy back one day, it's it's ridiculous, right? Also, Mike Rizzo, what did you guys think of his comments yesterday? Nats I've, GM went pretty crazy. I mean, he he did he did go pretty crazy, but I I mean, I'm more on his side than Hamels because these old school unwritten rules that people decide to count whenever they feel like it are dumb <laughs> and because throwing baseballs at people is dumb. <laughs> and what if we settled all our debates that way? <laughs> We settled the Samarja debate by throwing baseballs at each other. But no, I agree with you. I mean, it is stupid to throw at someone. But it was also like he wanted to throw down Mike Rizzo. It was crazy what he was saying. He came off as a crazy person. Well, I mean, from his perspective, he just lost Jason Worth, who, you know, he paid more money than anybody else would have paid to get him. And Bryce Harper is the future face of the franchise. And, and yeah, nothing happened. It's unlikely something would happen when aiming for a specific part of the body. But it's still it's still needless risk to take with uh, the franchise player there. All right. Okay, you can support him all you want. Um, Jason Worth out 12 weeks at least. Adrian Beltre watching this game. Hey, this guy can barely run. I'm actually a little concerned about this. They played him yesterday, but he should have scored on a on a double when he was on first base, and he's like jogging out there. So I'm I'm keeping my eye on that one. That's an interesting situation. Angels closer Scott Downs day to day with a knee injury. It'll be closer by committee until he's healthy. Lance Berkman expects to be activated Friday. Drew Pomerantz left after getting hit in the leg by Edinson Volquez on a comebacker. Uh, by Volquez, so he was pitching. Volquez was hitting, but then Al, best best revenge. He he homered. He stayed in the game and he homered, and then he left. But, <laughs> but they expect him to make his next start. Do you have any hope for Pomerantz? Sure, I do. I mean, you know, it's I think it's going to be a lot of ups and downs for him this year, but um, just incredible talent there. Let's talk about something everybody's been waiting to hear about: shortstops in very deep leagues. Brewers, because <laughs> the Brewers uh, lost Alex Gonzalez for the year. Cesar Isturis should replace him. I'll give you some names in deeper leagues. Sean Rodriguez, Alex, Alexi Casilla, Willie Bloomquist, Joaquin Arias, who's hitting well right now. Yeah, not a lot of uh, interest in any of those names, but uh, the two that do stick out for me are Casilla and Bloomquist. Bloomquist much more in Roto Leagues. Uh you know, that's really the only thing that at all that really stands out for me is just Bloomquist's uh, potential for stolen bases. I would have definitely gone for Casilla here, except with, oh, with the Twins calling up Brian Dozier. Yeah, Brian yeah. Dozier. Oh, then let's throw him on the list, too. Casilla's got a bit of a shoulder injury. Right? Yeah, and I, I, have to, I have to make a little bit of a confession here. I probably undersold Dozier a bit on yesterday's show when I went back and looked at the numbers I saw he was uh the number 10 prospect for the Twins coming into the season according to Baseball America and he he, he was a good on-base guy throughout the minors had had a good year uh with the with the extra base power last year too kind of a kind of an isolated event but um if 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 the Twins are trusting him to play every day then I think he probably is the best of these options I'd still leave him for deeper leagues but he's not he he doesn't he's not going to be incompetent at the plate. <laughs> Josh Tole had a scary injury on a collision at home plate, probably a concussion there. 
the seven day DL. We haven't really talked about that, but it exists and it's cool. And he's probably going to go on there. Blake Bevin was hitting the elbow with a pitch and left after three innings. Oh, it's only cool because it's only seven days. It's not cool because like getting concussions are yeah, cool. I pretty much understood that. <laughs> okay, Bevin <laughs> hopes to make his next start. Angel Pagan's twenty-game hitting streak came to an end. And if you were looking at box scores and saw that Jose Valverde didn't play, Chris Perez didn't come in in two save situations. They were just getting rested. Um, how about? The Mets, their rookie, Jordani Valdespin, his first major league hit was a pinch hit three-run homer. I think it was a pinch hit. I could be wrong about that. Uh, a three-run homer off Jonathan Papelbon to give the Mets a 5-2 win. Ruben Tejada is on the DL. Is Valdespin, by the way, <laughs> this guy was so happy about that home run. He was like smiling ear to ear. You know that expression, act like you've done it before? Well, he never had done it before, and you could tell. <laughs> Rounding the bases, dude, like acted like he just won the World Series. But um, Val Despin, is he anybody we need to know about? NL only. He's got some versatility. They've the Mets have used him in the outfield, um, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not not very excited. And I just yeah, I'm not sure I can rely on the playing time for him, he, despite the versatility. He's more Brian Dozier than Brian Dozier. In what way? He's not good. <laughs> okay, so that okay, I get it. Am I right? I'm not. I'm not speaking out of my. I know. I, I like Dozier <laughs> better. I don't. I. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I go so far as to say that Valdespin's not good, but, but I, he but, doesn't. He doesn't project as a regular. Um, I don't see it. No. Who's going to play shortstop for them? Turner. Uh, possibly. I mean, it's. I mean, I think Valdespin will probably see some time there, but. Um, Okay. Yeah, I mean, he, just because, I, yeah, Turner doesn't. I I can't see him playing shortstop, so I, it might have to. Did the be. box score out by any chance? Yeah, I'll pull that up. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I think probably those Murphy guys. maybe played shortstop last night. Wow. Or really? Turner. Boy, I would guess Turner. Again, I didn't see this game either, so um, but I will. I did. I should shortly. know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, you check it out and let us know. Carlos Quentin feels like he's close to returning, and instead of AAA, Yolisha Seen is on the DL with shoulder inflammation. Go ahead. Your starter at shortstop last night, Justin Turner. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Do we like him better than Dozier? I, no, I, not better than Dozier. I, I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. Not, not, not by a ton, but. All right, more from around baseball here real quick, and then we'll do most added and most dropped. Michael Young, 322, three home runs, 19 RBIs, still producing pretty well. Is he a sell-high candidate in your guys' opinion? No, I don't see that. I, I think we have, a pretty, we have a pretty good indication who Michael Young is. I worried about his age and maybe a further decline in power, but he's been fine so far, so I don't, I don't have any concerns about him. Carlos Zambrano, Al. Complete game shutout in Houston. Nine strikeouts, three hits, and one walk. It was his first win of the season. Was it just because he was at Houston? No, I mean, the, the Astros have proven to be a little bit more formidable than I think we thought they would be this year. Um, that, I don't think that was just a cake start for Zambrano. And I'm starting to get a little bit more optimistic about him, but I still look at that longer-term record of volatility and, and inconsistency, and I'm, I'm not completely buying it. Mm, all right. Well, we got to compare him to someone here. So, uh, how about this? No, that's too easy. Uh, he's better than Josh Tomlin, obviously. Uh, I'm a Tomlin guy, so to me that's not obvious. But, yeah, I would take Big Z over Tomlin. Volquez or Zambrano? Zambrano. Zambrano. All righty. Rangers rookie Brandon Snyder. 
stuck it to the Orioles. The Orioles drafted him in 2005. Now he's on the Rangers. He drove in six against the O's yesterday. He homered. Anything to make out of that? I'm a little, I'm a little surprised how much he's playing because uh, they could have easily uh, gone with with uh, Moreland, Mitch Moreland, there yesterday, and they didn't. Okay. He doesn't. Uh, Snyder doesn't strike me as a guy just looking at his track record in the minors who 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 really deserves to be playing for a team with as much offensive talent as the Rangers do. But he has put up the numbers so far. I, I'm just I, I'm just surprised by him. I, I took a long look at him this morning trying to figure him out and, and couldn't come up with much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josh Tomlin struck out eight, career high, Al. He's only on in 12% of leagues. He's not having a great year, but could he turn it around? Yeah, he can turn it around, and he can be very, very good in most of his home starts and with the right matchups, and to me, 12% is is far too low, but but also not a guy that you're going to be able to trust very often in standard mixed leagues. But I wouldn't say never. I think there are certain two-start weeks where Tomlin's an option. Kind of weird that he's made six starts this year, and three of them have been against the White Sox. Would you drop Jonathan Sanchez, who has been just so bad and has not <laughs> 11 straight outings he hasn't lasted more than five innings? Would you drop him for Josh Tomlin? You know what? I would, and that's how much of a turnaround I've, I've done on Sanchez because early in the year I thought he was a sleeper, but he hasn't shown us any. Well, he had the one decent start, but he really, really for me, hasn't shown us anything. Uh, Jared Dyson, 8% ownership. He's been hot. 20 fantasy points last week. He's hitting 326 with three steals in 11 games. Anybody like Dyson? I think he's a, a decent source of steals right now while Lorenzo Cain is out. It's clear he's he's the guy at the top of the lineup there and uh I don't I don't know that he's going to hit well enough to 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 have any chance of keeping this job long term, but right now he can certainly run. Uh Joe Saunders got crushed last night. Are you guys happy now? Oh, I'm thrilled. Absolutely. Yeah. I, feel, I feel a little smarter today after <laughs> finally uh, him performing the way that I've yeah, been saying. Yeah, you really haven't been buying it. I'll give you guys credit for that. The only problem is this might have been an okay. I don't know how you had him ranked in the pitching. Uh, I didn't. You didn't have him ranked in the two-start week? Nope. Okay. Well, good, good so, no, job. So, so I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if I was desperate for a two-start pitcher, I might have gone with the hot hand in Saunders. I almost did, actually, but I didn't. Well, what do you guys think of Tommy Hansen so far this year? I, I, is it okay to characterize him as okay so far? Yeah, okay sounds exactly right. I think the jury's still out on him uh, as he tries to return from his shoulder injury late last year, which was a, a partially torn rotator cuff. I mean, it seems like a big deal. Completely remade his delivery, and it just seems like such big changes for him. Um, resulting in in his his fastball velocity has been below 90 most of the year, and although the results have been good more often than not, I don't I don't know that I I don't know that uh, he's really he's really somebody you can trust at the top of your rotation. I I I kind of like we we brought up Johnson and Lincecum earlier, and and Hanson. There, there was a time when he was he was almost in their category right. in fantasy. He's had he's off to the better start, but I I I actually think I, I trust Johnson and Lincecum more than Hanson right now. Who would you rather have for the rest of the year, Hanson or Strasburg, because of the innings limit? 
the which we don't know what the innings limit is by the way that kind of that kind of came to light uh yesterday afternoon there was kind of a re-emphasis on well there is an innings limit for Strasburg but nobody said it's 160 that's just what it's always been assumed to be since that's what Jordan Zimmerman's was last year um interesting so there is still an innings limit though I, I I can't imagine it's higher than 180 all that being said I'd still much rather have Strasburg because he's <laughs> he's awesome. And I, Hansen might not be. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would too, just because of the the awesomeness factor. But I I oh no, I'm a little less down on Hansen than than you guys are. Um I didn't say anything. Yeah. I just well I he's, said he's, he's been just okay. listening to me. Three and three with a three six three ERA. And by the way, it, it, reading the recap, it, it appears that Michael Bourne made two like really nice catches in the second and third innings. So this could have been could have even been a lot worse. worse. Yeah. Then again, Michael Bourne can make nice catches, so that's something to keep in mind. Go ahead, Al. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that concerns me a little bit is uh, the walk rate is up. But you know, as you made the point earlier, Adam, at this point in the season, it, it takes a pretty small correction to get your stats back in line with where they normally are. So I, there's the velocity doesn't trouble you for a strikeout pitcher. High eighties. Not much. It doesn't trouble me much because the strikeout rate isn't that far below where he is. And he just seems to be a different pitcher now with the adjustments that he's made. And, and the windfall with that is a lot more ground ball outs. And I know that in, in most fancy formats, the strikeouts mean a lot more. If he were striking out a batter every other inning, I'd be alarmed, but he's not that far off his normal rate. If you guys were starting a franchise and you could pick, take one pitcher in baseball, <laughs> who would it be, considering everything? Clayton Kershaw. Um, that's a good answer. I was going to say Strasburg. <laughs> yeah, me too. But that is a great that's answer. That's a really he's, – he's still that's plenty good. young and – I don't think go wrong with more. either guys. But, yeah, yeah I think that's so the, I, for me the tiebreaker. Let me yeah, go I with the lefty. Yeah. 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 Good call, Al. Thank All you. right, most added and most dropped. Let's do it. Number three on the most added list is Pedro Alvarez. Number four on the most added list is Will Middlebrooks. Who do you like better? Alvarez, just because of the playing time, the job security. He's now owning 73% of leagues, Pedro Alvarez. People are buying in right now, or they're just riding the hot hand. Uh, probably the latter. That, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'd be doing if I owned him. Fair enough. Number five is Rafael Soriano. 38% um, boost to 48% ownership now. Soriano or Shisek? I Shisek. I, I mean, I, I, I think so. <laughs> On the seashore. Go ahead. Sorry. That's all you'll remember. I think uh, Soriano's going to be in the picture early, but I just can't see him ending up the closer in New York. And he might not get any saves at all. Shisek, I mean, there's still some question with him, with Buhika getting the save on Sunday, but... I, I think uh, if I was just looking for a handful of saves real quick, I think, still think C-Sheck's the better option. I was hoping the Marlins were going to have a save opportunity yesterday, and then they, they tacked on a run or two. Well, I don't know what the final was. I know it was 3 nothing at one point. Yeah, I think it was turned 4 It, off, it was 4 nothing. Yeah. right? Oh, well, and they stuck with Soriano, or with uh, Zambrano anyway. Soriano or Scott Downs? Downs. Downs. Ooh. Soriano <laughs> <laughs> or Javi Guerra? Well... The recently Ooh. demoted. Yeah, I think uh, I think Gare is going to be even if even if Jansen like completely bombs in the ninth inning, which it seems pretty unlikely. It would take a while for Gare to reclaim that role, so I go with uh, Soriano. Number eight on the most added. Yes. I don't, I, 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 I'm yeah. hesitating. I know I'm I'm the Gare hater he, on the show, and yet I I think Gare just has <laughs> a better probability of getting save chances. So I, I'd go. So again. you're you're so 
all in on David Robertson. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can't I can't dispute that reasoning really because I believe in Robertson too. Number eight on the most added list is Joe. So do I, by the way. Is <laughs> Joe Blanton? Blanton's own in forty four percent of leagues. Blanton or Detweiler? Ooh, I'd go Detweiler uh, because of I I think the ceiling's higher and this early in the season. I'll always lean that way. Yeah, it's a, that's a real tough one for me, but yeah, I agree. Higher ceiling for Detweiler. Number nine on the most added list is Jed Lowry. Jed Lowry or Raphael Fercal, rest of the season. Oh man, <laughs> sorry, Scott Lowry. The rest of season, Low- yeah. if I was if I was if I had both and I was starting one or the other, I'd, I'd stick with Fercal till he gets hurt. But because I'm confident he will get hurt, not that, not that Lowry is any stranger to injuries himself, but. Because of his age, I think there's a better chance he can avoid it, and I think he's legit. So See, Lowry, same logic, different conclusion. I want Fercal <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm going to just cancel out the injury risk, and yeah. I like Fercal's track record better. Okay. Most drop lists number six is Nolan Reimold, who's owned in 57 percent of leagues. He's on the DL right now. When he gets back, any hope for him to continue his production? Oh yeah, I mean, what we saw earlier, I think, is very much what you can expect from him with uh, a lot of power. And my only concern is just whether or not the injury would be a nagging one for him. Could be a good guy to stash in that case. Yeah. Number seven is Tommy Malone. Any hope for him? Or are you okay dropping him? He's owned in 45% of leagues. I think he has to prove himself all over again. You know, everybody thought, everybody, us included, thought we were so smart because, oh, his minor league numbers are crazy. Why isn't he a top prospect? And and then his last couple starts, he's been awful. So maybe we're not that smart and he really isn't that good (laughs) maybe he is though i'm just i I just don't think you can bank on that anymore number nine and number 10 are heath bell and javi guerra who is better to hang on to i'd have to say bell and that's you know i'm not well i have bell still stashed in the in the podcast league so i guess i'm i'm sort of putting my mouth where my money is if that makes sense (laughs) so yeah i'll say bell but i'm not starting him it's not a money league though just to be clear the podcast league i'm being uh (laughs) Uh, I'm being figurative here. Okay, let's um, go to the emails. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Tom in first place, Cleveland. Oh, yeah, the Indians, they are rolling. Good for them. Except, Tom, you got to get out there and support the team. You're who I was calling out at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Specifically. Dear Fantasy Beastie Boys, 12-team Roto League, Alexi Ramirez is killing my team right now. Should I drop him for any of the following shortstops? Alcides Escobar. No. Jed Lowry, I know Scott's answer. <laughs> okay, well, he knows it. Yeah, and I'll say yes, too. Ruben Tejada, <laughs> no. on the DL. Robert Andino. No. Nope. Kyle Seeger. Is shortstop eligible in your league? That's nice. Um, but I still don't trust him to play against lefties, so no. If he's all shortstop eligible, I say yes. Dave Randolph in Cloverdale, California. I just dropped Mariano Rivera and was trading for Houston Street. But we know what happened there. Um, oh, you know what? I think I cut off a lot of this question. Yes, I did. Uh, we'll get back to that one. Sorry, Dave. Back to that one in a second. Jason in Lansing, Michigan. Hello, fantasy baseball experts and a girl band fan. Is that me? I don't know. I haven't talked about my music. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could be me. Probably <laughs> is. I would like to say one thing, though. I'm not a big Beastie Boys fan, but Coldplay, uh, the night that the the Beastie Boys member died. They did a cover of Fight for Your Right, 
and it was awesome. That is the very last band in the world. And it was, it was totally mellow. Yeah. It was on a piano. It was like, it was so awesome. It was like, you get chills from it. So look at YouTube that, everybody, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, I was offered a trade in a 20-team head-to-head keeper league with standard 5x5 scoring. I'm weak in offense, relatively strong in pitching, but also been a little bit lucky with PV and Detweiler. I've asked for hitting help in a trade. This is the best I've received so far. This is a keeper league. I would give up Joey Votto for Andre Ethier and Ricky Romero. We can keep up to 10 players each year, and Ethier and Romero would both be keepers for me. Mitch Moreland is my backup to Votto. So would you give up Votto for Ethier and Romero? I would not, and I'm sort of confused by the trade. Um, he's, he's trying to get hitting help, right? Yeah. yeah he's, he's I, asking, that's a downgrade, in my opinion, big one. Yeah, from Vado to Ethier, sure. I think. Um, I mean, I think just if you were if you were to assign each player a numerical value, Ethier and Romero would outweigh Vado. But I agree if he's trying to if he's trying to get hitting help, and and just in general, I still prefer the better player. It's an okay trade, but I'd rather have Votto. Okay, Dave's question was this. Dear Fantasy Kreskins, we have to be fortune tellers here. He's been ravaged by injuries. Pablo Sandoval, Ellsbury, Reimold, Worth, LaRoche, Morse, Rivera, trying to trade for Houston Street. If you had a team that was uh, so beat up by injuries, what would your strategy be? Do you try to ride it out and figure you'll have a good team in a few weeks or... You know, what What do you do just in general? If it it's a head-to-head league, it looks like, which uh, does change it. I mean, if you, you can take some lumps in a roto league for a while and still come back strong. But if, you, if you're accumulating losses, you can't get those back, obviously. Um, and, and so uh, I think uh, it, obviously it depends on how many DL spots you have. You can't just keep putting injured players on your bench. Uh, but the elite guys, who uh, particularly the ones who look like they're going to be back relatively soon, uh, I feel like you have to hold on to them. Would you make a trade um, to help your team in the meantime? It, it, I guess it just it kind of depends on how how bad of a start you're off to. If you're if you're like winless or you have one win now and and you're you're looking at going one and seven or something. Then you have to make a move. I feel like even if it's one of those two for one deals where you're on the side getting the two, that usually seems like a bad idea. That that there are situations where you just may have to do it. Bite the bullet if you're struggling. <laughs> I know that was a long-winded answer. I don't. I don't. It's it's a tough situation. Yeah, I there's mean, not just one thing that's gonna you know fix this team. And I right. mean, and it's a keeper league, so you know. Yeah. I, so, I, so getting rid of your your. Yeah, going overboard and do, making a lot of two for one trades, getting the two would would hurt the keeper mm-hmm. long term value there. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. We've got Nando coming. He'll be here with Al. We've got a good debate about tiebreakers and points versus who wins head to head. We got we got a good fantasy debate for tomorrow's show. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. See you later.